Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Needle and Groove Lounge, a podcast establishment serving music and beers, highlighting music history, new music criticism, and craft beer conversation. On this episode, we're down one of the fellas, but the boys push on. On the opening segment, we dive into Black Jazz Records, the influential jazz record label from the 1970s. Justin gives us a deep overview, and then we dive into two of our favorite tracks from the label. After that, we dive into The Last Call, our new music, discovery, and criticism round. The boys serve up tracks within the last five, six months or so, or upcoming releases, and then we give our opinions based on how we drink our beer. More details in the episode. As always, follow us on Needle Groove Lounge on Instagram for more music and music-related content. You can also check out our Mixcloud account for mixtapes with different styles and genres. And if you've been a friend of the pod, feel free to share it with another music lover in your life. We'd love to keep the conversation going. We'd also like to have more guests on the show, similar to our March Madness rounds in Season 1. Well, thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, season two, we're in it. We're in it deep now. Episode two for our listeners last week, you know, we, we picked up right where we left off, fellas, right? We caught up, we had some fun, had some laughs. Had some shouts to the throats. If you listen to episode one, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, get back at it. Um, but it feels a little different tonight, doesn't it, boys? It feels a little different. A little empty in the lounge. We're missing a buddy, a pal, a friend, a sport, a champ. He's not here. Psychedelic Bones, folks. I know you could sense it through through the airways. Psychedelic Bones, a.k.a. J-Bones, a.k.a. the originator of... Am I into that vibe right now? I can't say so. The guy's a legend. Bones, I can't say that I am. Bones, I know you're going to be tuning into this when it's, when it's dropped. We miss you, brother. It's, not, it's just not the same. We don't have your psychedelic posters in the background. Your, your uh, Philly's pennant. 9% beers. 9% beers. Massively high ABV beers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We miss you, brother. Uh, hope you're taking care, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. But I am here with Robert Hughes. What's going on, Rob? Not too much. How's it going? How's things up north? It's delightful. We had like a little nor'easter going on this week. Some down power lines, some trees. It was pretty wild. I know. Uh, I heard. My parents were telling me. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It, Notch is doing all right. You guys it's, got some uh, new beers coming out, right? I saw some new it's, stuff. It's yeah, it's Salem in October, my man. So it's nuts. Oof. So ma- making yeah. that bread over there at Notch. A little bit. A little bit. How, a little bit. How's, how's the new location in Brighton doing? The new location of Brighton's fabulous. Fabulous. You guys look at live music a lot there too, I noticed. We do every Thursday. And we're, uh, we have, Jeff, you'll know this venue, uh, Justin, you maybe, um, the old booker at Great Scott is now a bartender at Brighton. So he's oh, taking nice. over booking. Uh, Cody Rico. So he's, uh, he's bringing some good stuff. All right. If uh, you ever need anyone to DJ, the Neyland Groove Lounge will do it. You there, right? For a premium price. Um, <laughs> Oh, we do. We're doing. We're doing uh, vinyl nights on Wednesdays. So we can do the the pre-show Ooh. on Wednesday, right. Wednesday, Wednesday evenings. Yeah, maybe when I come up uh, around the holidays there in December, we can uh, we can hit it up. Oh, you're probably gonna go to Florida yeah, well, though. Dang. Oh, we're uh, not going till after Christmas now. 
Ooh, okay. Yeah, we'll talk, let's talk about that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll discuss. All right, Rob's on the show. Robert Hughes, everybody, and the J Mac, Daddy no, J Mac. No, not all the audience knows my holiday plans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all, all eight of them. Um, yep. Justin McNamara, what's going on, buddy? Here you know, is. just the end of the work week. Yeah, closing um, in, baby. We're closing in. We had a little bit of the nor'easter too. I, I biked. I biked to work in it. It's pretty wild. Ooh. That's cool. You. Wow, man, getting at it. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Also, folks, if uh, you don't follow uh, the McNamara's Instagram of uh, Campbell Mountain House, I'm saying that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Follow them. You can get uh, when when they're not in Brooklyn, they're up uh, in the Catskills up there in uh, like Sullivan County, right? Uh, Livingston Manor. No, uh, we're no. Uh, well, that's close, but we're um, we're in Delaware County. Um, oh, Delaware County. Moyne County yes. over. Okay. The cheaper county. Yes. <laughs> Tax wise. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. But the the county yeah, with we more got style. A, yeah. What, yeah I like we got a, what I like to say. Updating a seventies cabin. That's it. Yeah, I was there not too long ago. It was a beautiful time. We had a great time. Um, all right, let's get into it, fellas. Uh, we're doing something a little different, a little different. Uh, typically, all we know, we do some sort of theme or genre. Uh, this season's we're going to try to get more guests on and try to compete for the best song that represents the genre. But because we're missing a key element, we're going to break the mold a little bit. And the boys are going to get into kind of like ranking, discussing, choosing top two or three songs of a very specific uh, label. And I'm going to let uh, J-Mac give a little background about what we chose, why he chose it, and give a little history on it. And then we're going to dive in and share some songs. Um, but before we do all that, what are you guys drinking? What are you guys drinking tonight at the lounge? Uh, Rob, what are you uh, kicking us off with? I have uh, Medusa Brewing from Framingham, Massachusetts. Oh, cool. It is their uh, Duchovny Czech-style Pilsner. Excellent. But they spelled it kind of like all... Checky, so it's to it's got a spaceship on it. It's like a little X Files oh, nice. reference. Yeah. It's kind of fun, pretty okay. solid. It's a good little brew. Yeah, rep and framing him. There you go. Awesome. Uh, J Mac, what you got? Yeah, I got a um, a beer by Transmitter Brewing in New York City. They kind of one of the first New York breweries to start doing um, Belgian. Um, influenced L's um, you could used to could only get them in kind of big bottles and okay. so recently though they started doing canning um, and in canning I've kind of expanded their portfolio um, so this is I saw this tonight um, we, we talk about pilsners and lagers a good bit on here and so this is I I can't say that I have gotten an Italian style pills before mm. so um, this is transmitters Italian pills um, that they got, um, it's it's nice. It's crisp, but you can tell that they also do Belgian beers because I'm sure that it's their house yeast strain, and it still has that kind of um, funk to it, funk, or like uh, you know the like you have in your like Hefeweizen's kind of the the banana. Oh yeah, kind sure. of like to the back of yeah, it, but, yeah. But it's nice, nice, nice and crisp. Mm. Cool. What makes it an Italian style? I don't know. It's the yeah. hops. Yeah. So this okay. is. This is noble. Well, maybe it's the this Italian Pilsner malt with okay. noble hops because noble's not really uh, an Italian hop, right? So no, no, that's uh, like a Czech hop, yeah. Czech, right? So I think it's just the malt that they that they use. But that's um, interesting. Yeah, 
Last week was a Czech pills, so I thought I'd go with the Italian pills. This time. There you go, rounding it out. Well balanced. Italian pills is the new the new cool pills on the block. Everybody's oh, doing Italian pills. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yes, I believe in last year's uh, New York hardcore episode, I featured an Italian pilsner from Zero Gravity. Oh, I think you did. Good memory. I, the only reason I remember that is I was not staying at my house. It was we were house sitting, so I remember oh, it was like oh, a that's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so it yeah, sticks yeah, out. Yeah. I thought it stuck out because I won that episode, but um, anyways, <laughs> um, I'll leave that out there. I mean, um, and I technically, I that's mean, a yeah, joint, I'll call that a joint. Water, so I, it was a joint win for the two of us, Rob. It was a joint win for you. You were also in those, the I, show, so I'll give, yeah, I'll give I won in spirit. Now, yeah. that, now that the animosity has cooled out a little bit. Um, yeah, cooler I'll, heads have I'll, prevailed as they pull say. you into that win. Um, cool. Appreciate and, uh, that. We're all staying local, boys. Uh, Rob with Framingham, Justin with New York. I'm going with the Pennsylvania beer that I um, have highlighted before. The brewery is called Workhorse. They're from King of Prussia, mm-hmm. PA, which is about 15 minutes from where I am, 20 minutes from outside the city. Uh, it's a, a Munich-style Helles lager uh, coming in at 5%. It's delicious. It's refreshing. Just what I need on a Thursday night heading into Friday. Oh, bunch of lager boys today. <sighs> lager boys, local boys, local lagers. Love local it. loggers local, local lager lovers there you go hey um ironic the one episode i don't drink a notch exactly still still local though good man good man Thanks all right so boys yeah. let's it's get into life. it so our first round is a deep dive into a specific topic that was brought to you by justin mcdamara j mac go ahead what you got for us tell the people what we're diving into uh, and give us a little little history as i as i stated in text i was gonna give a a mega amble. So <laughs> actually I have my notebook with my oh. key points. Oh, um, I like Kirk. Right here. Shout out to Kirk. Research today. Yes. Yeah. So the Kirk, yeah. last week we were in introducing the new season. Jeff kind of gave a intro um, to how we all came to know each other. And I it just had me thinking about um, how did I come to start collecting records? And I would say one of the big ways besides like, getting your classic stuff like Neil Young and the Beatles as you came along was uh, is us really starting getting to collecting jazz and getting into mm. jazz music. Um, the, the feeling of picking up a jazz LP and looking who was not just the band leader, but who was featured on there mm. playing on there. So um, it got me thinking about that. And then I started thinking, I've been watching Summer of Soul, um, which is great. Um, and just this theme of um, black self-determination coming out of the late 60s into the 70s and how that shaped so much business, music, style. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought we were talking about featuring a record label and I thought, well, then we should feature um, Black Jazz Records. Uh, we've talked about them a lot on here. So some context uh, coming out of that, the movement really of, not that it ended, but where you kind of saw the end of like this civil rights quote unquote like era um movement away from um in in society similar to as you kind of saw with like the counterculture um and rock and roll but you you have the with the rise of the black power movement in the late 60s 70s you also start to have this burgeoning um black record labels that open up from you're like in Watts, um, the, and I didn't know some of these, but the Union of God's Musicians and Artists Ascension, mm-hmm. um, Collective Black Artists, uh, the CBA, which was in Brooklyn, um, but all these like collectives of Black-owned record labels, Black artist collectives 
Um, and one of the big ones was uh, Black Jazz, founded in 1969 by um, Gene Russell um, and Dick Shorey. Yes. Are you saying it right? Dick Shorey, um, out in Oakland, also the uh, home of the Black Panther Party. Sure. Um, no coincidence there. And so, um, really, with which, and also, I, we had posted on the gram um, the piece around. Um, the live from Seattle, um, Love mm. Supreme and Pharaoh Sanders. And 69 was also the year that he, he put out his Karma album yes. as well. And so this, this new movement and kind of jazz music um, that where you, you had a lot of soul music kind of talking about the shifts in society where um, a lot of the jazz artists at the time want to start showing like... Um, mental shifts that the community yep. was going through 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 music so um gene russell dick shorey uh, found this record label out in Oak oakland um little story uh, the the first thing kind of was about like you there every lp is iconic just black and white yep. everything is kind of set up the same which is was all intentional so that mm -hmm. anytime you looked at it at a record store you would know who the lp was from which is a little bit different than say like your blue notes well though that's a you you knew that it was blue note but it was very clear on these that like the the record um symbol black jazz was always prominent on the yep. front front cover which was all intentional um and you kind of see with the with gene russell's career this movement from kind of like i'm going to be on record labels but the labels are going to make um want me to present myself in a certain way so a lot of the kind of some of the things you saw in like self uh in the civil rights movement like respectability politics and things like that but and he's founding of this label is wanting to move away from that and for it to be sure. about the black community only had black musicians um be a part of it uh, they're gonna they release albums from 71 to 75 i think in total they put out 20 albums yes. yeah um and then the the label folds um shuri goes on to to do some other stuff and then uh gene russell founds aquarian yeah, records yeah. um which he was supposed to like the idea was to just transfer all the artists who were on black jazz to the new record label but they didn't really start doing that until the 80s um and so it kind of had the, the movement against, yeah yeah they put out one album i think right and he dies yeah yeah, yeah and it happens to be um other thing about the record labels is, is 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 introducing more of a female vocalist and jazz um yes. into the into the the mix so folds in 75 90s kind of no one really hears much about the record label all through the 70s 80s and in the 90s it, it becomes prominent again because of sampling from like tribe yep. and um um ice cube i was reading also uh sampled some stuff from them so there's a 90s revitalization where i can't remember the person name someone actually starts got some has some reissues which i have one of the 90s reissues but i don't have any of the early stuff but um and then kind of goes away again and then 2012 um i'm gonna say his name wrong because i always mess it up but um giles peterson yeah yeah uh, giles. Oh, yeah giles 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 giles, giles, giles. Giles yeah. Peterson puts out uh, the Black Jazz Radio, which is kind of a compilation of this. And so, so good. Um, nowadays, Real Gone Music is going through and they're re-releasing yes. 
again, reissuing uh, a lot of the catalog, which now it's even getting hard to get those <laughs> because I think yeah. the way they're doing it is they're only doing chunks of them at a time. At a time, yep. Um, so yeah, so I, th- I thought it would be cool to do um, do the label as a whole. We've talked about them some, um, but doing more of a deep dive and sharing our um, kind of top two picks from the from the catalog. Yeah, and I think another thing I think that yeah, first off, that was a mega amble, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> right? I never I was, never keep being you. Never change that mega amble. It was a beautiful thing. I was expecting more, frankly. That was that was Ooh. that was, was keep talking. Yes, no, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, keep going. Actually, I, I can hear more. more. I have more, but I'm saving it. Saving for it, of my, course. My of course. favorite track. Um, right, you so. can't, you can't, you can't show all your cards. You can't show your hand yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think what's cool about black jazz that we'll get into is it's not fusion, right? But there mm-hmm. is many different styles throughout the catalog: funkier, more free, more bop, a little bit of all of those. But there was still like I feel like I can put on a black jazz album and know that it's black jazz the way that Gene Russell produced the albums. Um, and again, like you said, besides just the, the, the style on the record, the cover, the sound to me, it, there's a unique sound to it um, that takes from a lot, like the guys, like you said, like Pharaoh and Miles and like takes it to a new direction. But there's still a singular theme, even though you're getting a little bit of free, you're getting a little bit of soul jazz, you're getting a little funk in there, which I really appreciate without it being like overly fusiony, where at that time, a lot of labels were going that way. CTI um, is kind of like more... I don't know, disco funk jazz that was smoothing out a little bit, but um, black jazz and Strata East uh, were still yep. kind of continuing the, the John Coltrane, um, you know, that, that, that lineage, which I think is really cool. Well, why don't we do this? Yeah, it's like a, yeah go ahead, Rob. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's kind of a, like the label comes out like an interesting time where like jazz is coming out of this like post-bop era yes. and also coming into the sort of like fusion funk right. disco thing. And you hear, I think, a lot of that in a lot of like the Black Jazz Records catalog. But to your point, Jeff, they do sound like everything sound, kind of sounds cohesive. Like you can tell mm-hmm, it's a record right. label with a vision. And I also, I think that's also helpful because they only put out 21 records, right? right. So like there's this like five year, four and a half year space where they put out other records. So they didn't have the time to do all that, which is also interesting too, because you can look at it as sort of like time capsule and like everything fits together really, really nicely. And to me, it's also timeless too. I feel like some of that stuff at that oh, time you put on and be like, oh yeah, weather report. This is the mid 1970s, like clearly. And with, yeah, it with doesn't these age albums, that I feel like, well. oh, this, this could be, you know, 1960. This could be contemporary jazz. I think you can draw, draw a straight line from black jazz and Strata East to Kamasi Washington. Oh yeah. Right? Like hands down, um, which is awesome. I think that's really great. I think that's really cool. Yeah. It, listening to uh, Spotify has actually a really great playlist. It's 13 hours. I think it's most of what's been re-released from Black Jazz Records. Um, and listening through the whole thing over the last couple of days is like, awesome. Um, it's like timeless. Like some of this stuff could be released today, like as new music, you know, yeah. not as re-releases. Like if an artist put out some of these songs, like it's still like, it, it holds, holds up. up. Holds you know, up. It's, right. it's not like, yeah, so you hear some weather report stuff or some, whatever and you're like ooh, like the 70s kind of got to you a little bit you know or whatever the 80s or what have you yeah because you got to figure this is right after i mean bitches brew is 1970 right um which is talking kind of like completely different and out there so yeah right Uh, yeah and a lot of their bigger releases are just like you know like infinize is the first record from doug karn on the label so it's like right those like bob era stuff still like covering those tunes cool so jamek why don't you kick us off then with the track that uh 
either again i know for the sake of time boys we could talk for a while it was tough for me i'll get to my preamble in a moment but um why don't you kick us off first with uh, the, the second track you went with, and then we can all at the end maybe talk about some other tracks that we'd recommend um, if, if that works for you. Yeah. I'm, the one I'm going to kick it off with, um, it's probably my favorite, but I'm just going to kick it off with it. I'm not, I'm not going two, Jeff. I'm, I'm going one first. Oh, you're going one <laughs> um, first. I'm in. All right, go for it. Why not? I, I think we're kind of set up for it, yeah. so – um okay. so i'm gonna go with the first the first um actually rob referenced it the first uh black jazz record oh that was my kind of my thing too i uh because the i wanted to pick something from one of the lps that i own um and i went with the first one that i ever got which was uh infant eyes by doug karn um yeah. featuring gene karn um and the the background to this album i was didn't know but apparently uh doug karn and uh bah, 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 what's his name back to my notebook uh, michael carvin um so doug karn being a keyboardist and michael carvin a drummer um had had did all these demos for oh, infant eyes yeah and they went mm-hmm. to like blue note, blue note. they went yep. to impulse yeah they shopped like, them around everywhere look we you know we redid these jazz greats by coltrane by tyner and like all these people and yep. the people were just like nope not interested not interested um and then Un- they hear inexplicably so too like yeah it, at that time like what what i don't under- yeah i mean that's the that's also so- interesting so you know, that's seventy three. Is that 73, 72, 73, Right, it's got to be because Infinite is one of the second or third that they put out. Third is their New Direction. Gene Russell's own yep. album is the first to be released, which was purposeful. The the naming of it about new the direction. new direction of jazz. Um, so yeah, this was the third album that he put out, um, and so they heard about Black Jazz, contacted him, sent him a demo, and he they're like he's like yeah let's do it and they're like okay when are we gonna like book the the studio to record it? he's like no this is good and we're gonna call it infant eyes and he just releases it that's awesome <laughs> it's such a good awesome. he's like no nah, we're cool like this sounds good enough Which like is great we're, we're doing it and they're yeah, like, uh, like don't sure. overthink it don't overthink yeah. it it sounds good if we get into the studio we're gonna try to polish it up it probably loses some of its authenticity you know yeah, and listening so, to that record, it like sounds really good i can't imagine mm-hmm. why they wanted to re-record it like well, it sounds speaking great. of that too while we're talking about that um and I don't quite understand this and want to be able to do it. And Rob, you may know more having more of like the audio background, but the, all the albums are quadraphonic, right? If you notice mm-hmm. that on the albums, it's like quadraphonic, which is a certain type of how you listen to it. Um, and I, I don't know, like a name, if you look at on your record right there, Justin, it's going to say like it's recorded that way. And I don't know too much about that. Maybe we can pull that up. Um, and it I'd was, love to be able to listen to it that way. Well, con- quadraphonic, well, that... Um, it was like early surround sound, right? Yeah, that sound of recording it was developed by Dick Shorey when he right. works at RCA. Because um, there's such what? a good, the spatial mix of yeah. the album is in, on all of them are great. Like when you listen to them, you know, I was listening upstairs, Justin, on those new speakers I got and like turning it up loud. Like you can really hear the, the, the mix yeah. is, is, is beautiful. In headphones, you can hear it too. It's like oh, essentially, it's be great. Yeah. essentially it's, it's like early surround sound. So like, First, you had mono, right? Which is just everything straight right, down the right, middle. Right. And then stereo is just left, and, left right. and right. So you have things over here. So quadraphonic is, if I understand it, I'm probably bastardizing a lot of this audio stuff, is four corners. So it's 
front right, front left, back right, back left. Yeah, makes sense. So you're kind of spacing it out. So it makes like you can put stuff on the right side of the stereo spectrum, right. but also put stuff behind, behind or in front of each other. So that's cool. why like uh, if you're listening, one of the good ones for it, because it's sextet and there's a ton going on is like that awakening record oh yeah, yeah. Like you hear a lot of that quadraphonia going on but you hear like a lot of the claves and a lot of that percussion stuff sort of like if you're listening headphones is the best way to do it is like back in your head yeah exactly. and then like the, right. the horns are up front mm. um, there we go folks if you're not listening on headphones go ahead and do it which we will be always but, listening yeah. on headphones yeah which which track are you going with from infinite because yeah I'm, i was thinking I'm, of it i'm glad i'm not going infinite it was some of my runner-ups but uh that's the one i actually have signed which i'll i'll get to that story after you play it but um so um i had to go just to bring it back kind kind of around the, the event i had to go with also about getting into jazz one of my favorite or probably my favorite jazz album of all time is a love supreme by john uh, coltrane yeah, and so yeah, yeah. i'm gonna go with the acknowledgement um off of um infant eyes which well is done. cover featuring gene Carn. i want to also be have you know one of one of the ones featuring her um, vocals as well so yeah she's great yep i call you i call you I'm warning you. I'm advising you. Yes, sir. Doug Karn, acknowledgement from Infant Eyes, a tune by John Coltrane. 1971. 71. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, what a track, right? We could talk about Gene Karn forever, um, which is also her career is also very interesting where she goes mm -hmm. next. Um, but yeah, that, that dynamic duo. I'll uh, take the time now to show. I think I've talked about this before, but I told you I worked with um, the baby that's on the front cover is uh, mm -hmm. also Jean Karn, the daughter. Um, and she got into education. She worked in the same schools that I did. And uh, I didn't put it together at first. I just didn't even think that my world would cross with like someone related to Jean Karn. And uh, I started talking about my under, like my deep love of, of black jazz and the whole label. And she's like, bring me the record. I'll have my mom sign it. Um, so she took it home, had her mom sign it and uh, brought it back to me. So, uh, and I thought it was cool to give her this one too, because that's, you know, her on the cover Yeah, yeah. with her mom and dad. So pretty, pretty badass. Uh, did you, cool. How how did do you remember how y'all came how you came to make the connection that yes. this is the same Karn family? Yeah, um, her husband um, is in the music industry, and so it's one of those things where she mentioned her husband's in the music industry. I mentioned I'm a huge music fan. Uh, and I think it was just one of those like moments, not to be corny, but it was like I was getting into black jazz at the time. It was 2012, which I'll get into in my preamble. And um, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm really big into music. My mom was a musician. And and I think in my head, I started being like, wait a second, like the light bulb started going off. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. like, wait, Gene, wait, Gene, Gene Card. And she's like, yeah, that's my mom. I like, don't like to talk about it. You know, I'm in field. <laughs> you know, she was obviously on. She ended up being on. Um, the you know the sound the soul of the sound of philadelphia right yeah um, she ends up signing to that label so of course it's a big deal in philadelphia 
and nationwide. But anyways, yeah, I was like, get out of here. And then I became like a little fanboy where I was like, I love all the robots. Um, so, um, yeah. So anyway, she got it signed for me, which is pretty awesome. That's um, so shout awesome. Out, shout out to Gene Karn, the, the youngest for hooking me up with, uh, yeah, but yeah, so cool. And I also think it's great. Like you mentioned earlier, a lot of the earlier albums, pay tribute right which i think mm-hmm. jazz is all about um but they're paying tri- playing tribute to miles davis and john coltrane you said mccoy tyner and and others like who had just released albums or still were releasing albums they weren't like old classics that were being done um it was contemporary artists that they're acknowledging and then just taking it to a new direction so cool absolutely um, yeah thanks justin rob you're on mute brother boy as, it's like Infinize and all these records came out like within like 10 years, you know, like Infinize. Right. Yeah, Wayne Shorts. Like, uh, speaking of Evil, Infinize is on, came out in 68. So like right around pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. like three years before. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, cool. Um, I, I'll go next. I don't, I don't mind going next, uh, partly because I'm going to go um, so, something we've been talking about, um, but it's a different sound. Um, and I think we've been talking about how black jazz is pretty, versatile with their sound so i'll go next uh rob if you don't mind um, go right ahead so i uh, justin like you i started with this idea of there's 20 albums do i want to just go in and find the best two tracks of all 20 albums do i want to find the best two and uh, i ultimately landed on that's kind of daunting and i want to pay respect to the ones that i own um, because i have been a a um a pretty I don't know. I don't know the word. I've been looking for these albums since 2012. And actually, I remember the date I found Black Jazz. I was following Aquarium Drunkard. Shout out to them. Um, on January 9th, 2012, I was scrolling through Aquarium Drunkard's feed. And I see this image of a man holding his guitar with this very like stoic face. And it was Calvin Keys. And I'm not going to play a Calvin mm. Keys song, partly because in episode three of season one, I featured Calvin Keys when we talked about black owned, black owned record labels. So I'm not going to play mm-hmm. Calvin Keys, but it's been since January 9th, 2012, that my, the allure of black jazz, I had never heard Giles Peterson stuff in the 2000s, in the 90s. I think if I was listening to Tribe and things like that, I didn't even understand who it was, but it was Aquarium Drunker leading me to Calvin Keys. Um, and since then I've been collecting, I've got about 10 of them now. Um, two of them are reissues, but I got about 10 of them. So I'm halfway there. Ooh. I know I'm getting there. They're all right here. So I'm going to feature them in a few minutes, but um, I'll start with one. The one that I, in my opinion, is the best one. Rob, we can't hear you, brother. Um, Calvin Keyes. For some Shawnee. of the people that may be listening, how much did those cost? Just, you well, know, just for, for the record. For folks, not your wife, who may be looking to purchase some of them. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't Again, not for the end. <laughs> I can say this loud. I could say one costs $200. She would never know unless someone texts her because she doesn't listen to us, folks. I talk too much about music. But anyways, but I'll get to that in a moment because I've been lucky to collect some of them the last six, seven years. And they were on the expensive end, but not what they're starting are now. Um, but the one I'm holding up here is Calvin Key's Shawnique, which is the one I first heard. I mean, look at that picture, him just holding his guitar. So badass. This is my favorite one. Like, this is very, to- that's a very bluesy image, yes, you know, it is right. Mm-hmm. And so and a lot of the tracks are like that. And this is this to me and his other one proceeds to caution, which has the song aunt lovey, which is what I posted on the gram for anyone that, that checked. I don't have that out, but that song is one of the best songs by black jazz, in my opinion, more funky aunt lovey. That's not on this one, but on Shawnee is some incredible songs. The last song uh, BK is so good. 
um, crisscross, BE, etc. It's my favorite one, but I'm not going to highlight that because I, I, I played it. But um, what I am going to start with, the one that I am going to start with, um, and I'll actually back to that. I'll get back to those later, but they go, the originals go for a lot now. And that's why I always, I always struggle with that, right? Like the reissues are coming out. I think everyone should have access to them, but there's something about finding an original. So I'll still be on mm -hmm. the hunt for the original, but some of the big ones go, you know, a hundred, $200. Um, thankfully I got some of these, you know, when they were 30, 40, 50, um, and now they're going for a 100, 200. So yeah, um, I wouldn't I looked at Discog today. It's like 200. It's pretty much going. Yeah. You can get a lot of the Doug Karn ones for a little mm -hmm. bit less because I think he's one of the more commercially popular. Um, but there's, I mean, a little less means they're 30, 40. Um, uh, so, and I can't oftentimes, you know, as much as a record lover I am, paying over $100 for an album. And so I'm glad they're reissuing to get them out so people can enjoy them. I'm still going to hunt for the originals. It's just like something I, I want to do. But um, anyways, I'm going to play a, a track off the founder, right? I think we got to pay some respect to the founder, which is Gene Russell. Go. Um, and mm -hmm. I do own Gene Russell's, um, his second, his second album is, uh, is this, this is one of the originals, Gene Russell, mm -hmm. talk, talk to my lady. Um, super cool. Um, mostly, uh, you know, the first song is by him, uh, first and second song. And I'm going to play the second song are by him. A few covers. He does my favorite, uh, my favorite things on here. Um, but again, he's innovative, right? And on here features uh, Henry Franklin on bass, um, mm -hmm. who has some of my favorite ones. Calvin Keyes is on here on, 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 um, on guitar. So I figured this would be a great one to play to feature some of the folks that I also admire their albums by. So I'm going to play his second track, which is a little more funky than the one that we just heard. Um, and it's called uh, Get Down. So it's Get Down by Gene Russell, track two off the album Talk to My Lady. Get ready to get a little groovy with Gene. Get Down by Gene Russell, Henry Franklin on bass, Calvin Keyes on guitar. I mean, how good is that? That is bluesy, funky, soulful. The bass just like thumps on it. Like you could feel how like hip hop heads would want to sample that, right? Um, just, just good, right? Just absolutely good gene russell coming in strong on his second album talk to my lady get down yeah they always got right oh, isn't it right. just just rocks right it's like, good yeah so good yeah, it was more like good. uh kind of like soul leaning too a little bit i'd say oh yeah definitely and the it's funny that album too if i pull it back up here uh, I think also represented what I've been talking about, right? You get like a song like that. Then he actually covers uh, Me and Mrs. Jones by uh, Kenny Gamble, <laughs> uh, Gamble and Huff, which is done by, um, why am I forgetting his name? Billy Paul, which is such a good song. Um, and then it gets, you know, 
uh, he gets he gets some more like bop and stuff um instead of that more like soulful jazz but yeah that's a that's a great track um really cool track awesome uh rob what you got so i had a couple i was uh like we've touched on it a, a couple of times already but like the whole black jazz catalog was like so solid um and uh not being quite as knowledgeable about uh at it as it is you guys like i tried to pick i knew there was you know there was going to be some gene russell some some uh you know all the stuff we've touched on a little bit so i wanted to pick yeah i figured i'd push the boat out a little bit please yeah no just because mm-hmm. you know um so listening to the the whole catalog in one chunk over the last couple of days like you know in pieces but like listening to the whole thing um there was some uh, I, I i don't know why i settled on it but like songs with really strong intros was really drawing me out yeah and for sure black jazz has got a lot of those like that come out of the gate real hot and i was digging it and i was like that was whatever for whatever reason the thing i latched onto and i was like i'm gonna pick my two songs that i think have the strongest intros nice. of all the songs on black jazz um so i was going i'm going back and forth because but i think i'm gonna go with because he was just mentioned as the bass player yes. on jeff uh, in your last track henry uh, i'm gonna go the henry franklin tune justin is uh, too yeah <laughs> i almost did too i almost did too i i, well, I also did, henry okay. franklin too dude i, I think his, yeah, his which records is awesome. are some of the best on black jazz because skipper. like uh, the skipper and not to mention that dude's still putting out records. Yeah, he put out a record this year. Oh, I that I didn't in know. In 2021, about. Henry Franklin. Uh, it's called like Shadows Blessing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he still put out stuff. Yeah, He's Skipper and the Skipper at home. Playing. Yeah. This this uh the the first track on the record is the the, the Skipper's back or the Skipper's comeback. Um, but really dig this tune. Yeah. Um, so we got uh Henry Franklin's The Magic Boy. Is that is this off Skipper or Skipper at Home? Skipper at this Home. This is off Skipper at Home. Second okay. record. Yeah, I just picked up Skipper. I am. I almost. That was almost my pick. I had two Rob for my second. Oh really? One. And but and that was almost it. But I'll go with that. I'm going with a different one. Oh my god, yeah, we my gotta bad. give. No, 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 you didn't take it. Fine. I had a different one. That was yeah. my. That was my backup, and you chose my backup. So. Also, too, he's got an interesting backstory. You know, came out of the gate uh, with Hugh Masekela, played on his super yes. famous. Uh, was it uh, something in the grass, like uh, grazing in the grass? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's then, all over the place, and yeah, yeah, he's put out a hundred records. He's played with everybody, um, and I think, I think that's what kind of put me over the top. One, you mentioned it to he's still putting out records which yeah, i so cool. just found out today and then like he's played you know like, it was just like so the whole package made for an interesting story so here we go is the uh, yeah. henry franklin's magic boy share my screen and i think these are some of the ones that the originals go for crazy like the skipper mm-hmm. and skipper at home those are there's a few that are like insanely expensive oh they're finding yeah. Ritables, yeah but real gone I think Real Gone did Skipper. Did they do Skipper at home too for the reissue? Yeah, I have. Yeah, because I got the. Because um, I got uh, the Skipper when you were in Philly. Yeah, and then when I was in Nashville, I got the Skipper at home, but it's like the this like marbled oh, bronze. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Limited yeah, edition cool. one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. The Magic Boy by Henry Frank- Franklin.
Magic Boy, Henry Franklin, from the album Skipper, at, at home. home. Dude, the bass never stops, stops. killing it <laughs> the whole song. I mean, his fingers are dancing up and down that fretboard. I mean, I mean, dancing up and down that fretboard. So good. And I love, there's a couple of times. No, go ahead. No, that's it. Sorry. There's a couple of times where it gets a little wild. And I love when jazz does that. Like, it's getting a little wild. And then, boom, it drops back into, like, into the groove. Right? Um, Which is just great. And then at the end there, which I'm not sure I'll get the snippet. I love when it just gets, like chaotic for a minute right can, like, yeah it's, it's the sound of a good that. band leader it was like it goes off and then someone had you know either Brings like right back, depending right? on what they use for cues they're like okay cool and at the oh. end it was clearly like last four Just bars so it was like fuck it who cares and i think yeah, but, yeah go ahead justin no you go i was saying to me that's to, that's like not to be corny or anything but why jazz is so it's kind of like like life in this way like there's just so many different like it gets crazy and then it pulls it back in like there's just so many variations within one song and um i've always i've always loved that about the genre and particularly this style um yeah i was reading some on just like the the recording of that specific song too it was just like where he was just like i'm just gonna have the bass be the constant and the trumpets can just get wild, wild, go as wild as you want to. And I'm just going to keep like forging ahead a constant line, which you can clearly hear there. Um, which is also cool because it's, really it's, cool. it's a constant line, but but not like the same phrasing. Like oftentimes, like even yeah. in the Gene Russell that I shared, there was like the, a similar phrasing, like a groove over and over again, which is cool when the bass is just like holding it down. But he was also going on his wild path too, but in this way that was like steady, but still kind of, you know, still kind of intricate and, you know. Um, and it's cool, like, um, you know, some of the, you know, Coltrane free jazz stuff, you just can't, I mean, you can listen to it, yeah. but you, you ain't eating it with your bowl of cereal. You're not listening no. to it with your bowl of cereal in the morning. No, it's just not. wild. No, so not. I think it, the, because the bass is so prominent that kind of grounds it grounds while they're it still bit. kind of yeah. It, it strikes me as I was just listening to what you guys talking about it too. Like it, this song was like a, I feel like it's a good, like a, almost a summation of like sort of like black jazz as a record label where it is sort of like, it is sort of like avant-garde and weird. All these kind of things happen all over the place, but it is at one point listening to the whole discography, maybe just like listen to too much of it. It's like very grounded, you know? Right. Yeah. Like it all feels like it's all weird and avant-garde to a certain extent, but it's never like, no, like to Justin, to your point, like it's never like something I wouldn't listen. None can, of the records that I've heard so far that I wouldn't listen to like while eating my cereal. You know what I mean? Or none of it's that like song again. Like I would, I yeah. would play that song again right yeah. now and be fine. Like some of the more free stuff. It's like, all right, I heard that. I it's, need a, I need a smoke break or something. I don't yeah, smoke, it's like but I'm saying mentally, like yeah, it's I, like mentally mm-hmm. taxed. Which is yeah. good. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a punch yeah, in the face which everyone needs every once in a while um, to ground themselves. But yeah, no, to, but that's yeah, not yeah. yeah, to be like a little crass. It's like, it's like, it's really interesting and avant-garde and exploratory, but like not so far up its own ass that it's like unlistenably weird. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like weird for being, for weird sake, which right. I feel like a lot of that 70s avant-garde jazz just went there because like they felt like they could. Yeah. No, cool choice. And that, Henry. that middle section with the horns, like they clearly put them in the other room, the saxophone. Oh, yeah. So yeah, cool. saying, yeah, you could, yeah, I was saying like the way it was recorded, you could definitely tell. Yeah, no, that was a good Henry Franklin. I mean, what a, what a legend. Awesome. Um, Justin, circle us back. We're going into our next pick. You, 
you should go. You go this one because I'm gonna I'm cool. gonna do a Henry, Henry Franklin. Henry Frank. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So no, you, you go. Glad to go. Glad to go. Glad to go. Um, so I am gonna go with uh, one that I believe is one of the most underrated um, black jazz uh, albums. That is one of my favorite, and actually it was a, a chance find that I found this album. I when I saw it, of course, I knew it was black jazz because of the the like Justin mentioned the cover and the logo. I knew it. Um, but I hadn't really heard of this person in the black jazz uh, world. Um, and that's Rudolph Johnson. Mm-hmm. Rudolph Johnson puts out two albums, uh, Spring Rain and The Second Coming. And I found The Second Coming, an original Ooh. copy, um, up in Vermont. Uh, my wife and I were in Vermont, I don't know, six years ago at this point, And I was in a record shop, like I always do in whatever town I'm visiting. And there it was on the wall for 25 bucks. Oof. Uh, maybe 30 and I said, maybe 50, maybe, no, <laughs> maybe that, 75. This is where I'm being honest. Cause I vividly remember being like, Oh, that's a good price. Um, and now again, you can find it's 150 on Discogs. Um, and so I'm so glad I picked it up because it's one of the first outside of Calvin keys, which we all know my love for Calvin keys. Um, it's probably my second favorite black jazz album that I owned. Um, and so I want to play a track off that. It is just in, um, in reading up on him, I think one of the things about black jazz that I found intriguing was they gave some more veteran guys a, a second chance or a chance to really shine, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the seventies and Rudolph Johnson, similar to Henry Franklin had been around the game for a while and uh, was able to put out these two albums on black jazz uh, as a band leader. Um, and in my opinion, uh, kicks ass. So I'm going to play one of the songs. Um, was, he a, was he a flautist? Is that what it, he's not. He plays saxophone. He's not, okay. Why is, it, is he playing a flute? Or oh, he, he 100% is. He is. Like, you know why? He yeah. just looked way cooler playing the flute. Like, like if in put the a clouds. saxophone in that photo, it looks kind of whack. Yeah. But like you put the flute in there, you're like, that shit's right. cool. Exactly. So is there exactly even a flute on the no, album? There's not. There there's is. A... No, there is a flute on that record. I remember listening to this today being like, I don't want to pick this. Because I think it's maybe dope, on spring rain. Of the flute. Maybe on spring rain, but according to this, we've got bass, drums, piano, tenor, sax. That's it. Um, so maybe no maybe you heard spring rain. No, no flute. No flute. It's like yeah, I, I did the, the the equivalent of like binging an entire series in a day. So it's all kind of like I don't know. What maybe on spring was. rain. I, I don't I don't know who's on spring rain, which is the other but, one. But that makes it the cover even so better. Good. There's just, no flute on the no entire album. The album. And folks, he's sitting cross-legged. I don't, yeah. Is that him? Is that even Rudolph? Uh, good question. I'm I mean, sure. it must be. It's usually the band leader on the cover. Like that's all the. But, that's I mean, there's no flute on the album, so maybe it's like his cousin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Could be his cousin. Um, awesome. So yeah, let me get into this then. I'm gonna play a track uh, off, like I said, his album called "The Highest Pleasure." Um, uh, excuse me. The the album's called "The Second Coming." The track is "The Highest Pleasure" by Rudolph Johnson. This is more kind of your straight ahead. You know bop and post bop type stuff which i just think is 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 incredible so i'm going to kind of draw that contrast between my last pick which was more of like soul jazz um type stuff so here we go this is uh, the highest pleasure by rudolph johnson off his album the second coming Thank you. 
Yes. The Highest Pleasure by Rudolph Johnson from his album, The Second Coming. I mean, that gave me the highest pleasure, if you know what I'm saying. That felt right. That was good, right? Um, tell me he's not up there with Wayne Shorter and Sonny Rollins. Like, no, his, name, good. his name should be up there with some of those, you know, middleweights, if you want to call them, for lack of a better term, um, in, the, in the saxophone realm. I mean, what incredible, right? Love it. Oh, so good. Cool, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, ooh. Um, he was, uh, he definitely played in the mid 60s with people like Jimmy McGriff and a few others. So um, definitely an underrated one, a name you don't hear tossed around as much or talked about. And from what I've seen with black jazz as much. Um, so definitely check that one out if you're, if you were feeling that vibe. Cool. Um, J-Mac, did you want to go? Did we yeah, move I, I, can, I can. Yeah, let me. Uh... So going back to uh, Mr. Franklin. Henry. Um, I wasn't going to go full circle if no one didn't because he also plays on. Oh, full for, you're going to go full Franklin? No, what, oh. I was going to. Sorry, I lost the video for a second. Um, but go back to because he's also on Infinite Eyes as well. So. Uh, Mr. Franklin just making oh my gosh, Rob's gone. Rob's gone, everybody. He disappeared. It was too much. Either the rapture happened and Jeff and I are left behind or (laughs) couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. Um I'm gonna I'm going back to the skipper at home. Um and I'm gonna play um and I'm glad I'm doing it because it's the most different, I would say, out of everything that we've played. And I think the title or the not the title track, the first track off that album is the most um it's probably the most similar to what was probably commercially successful and more fusiony in a yeah. way but um yeah. um it's cool um and i i remembered when i got it and put it on i was like oh okay this i, I wasn't expecting what it, what sure. it was and then the rest of the album is nothing like it, it so um um let me pull it up real quick so we're going to go with um Henry Franklin from the Skipper at Home, uh, Blue Lights. Ah, yes. Yes, this is one that comes up often. Yeah, good one. So good. Henry Franklin, Bluest Lights, another track off the skipper at home. Um, great track. Again, like proto disco fusion where it's not like where Donald Byrd and those guys end up going, Ramsey Lewis and kind of like that more smoothed out jazz funk fusion, which is cool. Yeah. And the cover's awesome too. It's amazing. Just people hanging out on the lawn. Love so it. good. A whole bunch of people. At home. Kind of at exactly home. at home, skipper at home, where before he wasn't. Um, yeah, uh, so good. 
So good. So good. Good. Great choice. Great choice. Henry Franklin. Double. We're doubling up on Henry Franklin tonight at the lounge. Lots of love for Henry um, and the skipper. Uh, Rob, all right. Close this out, man, with, uh, with one of your picks, uh, your final pick for Black Jazz. My final pick, uh, I'm glad uh, no one picked it. So um, my final pick, uh, sticking with my theme of strong intros, was uh, uh, I'll just cut to the chase. It's uh, Walter Bishop Jr.'s cover of uh, Sonny Rollins' Freedom Suite. Ooh, yes. Which I think has a little bit, if I'm not going to lie, the, the, the original version of the Sunny song is solid, but I think this one's got a little bit more punch. Uh, Walter Bishop, probably one of the lesser known artists on the label because he didn't... Yeah, well, um, Walter Bishop Jr. Get it right, okay. Jr., yes. <laughs> yeah. I, excuse me. You know, Don't forget that. Played with Sonny, um, you know, didn't have as a prolific career after black jazz playing for other artists and some other people but i think this record's really solid uh and i think his cover of freedom suite is the super red so yeah, let's do it. uh which i'm sorry which album uh, so, excuse me uh one of the one of the first albums to come out on black jazz in 71 coral f- keys Cor- right 71 coral keys. does he do another one it's like fourth something uh, yeah it's keeper of my soul it comes out in 73 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. And ironically, both of his albums do feature flute, which we were also ah, talking excellent. about. So just bringing yeah, in cool. all of the things. Yeah, I have um, a I have another album by him that was put out on. A, I forget the name of the label now, but I I had recalled seeing his name in Black Jazz. So then, obviously, these guys aren't exclusive to Black Jazz. He put out something else on another label, and I saw it somewhere when I was in New York and grabbed it. Um, yeah, it seems like he was predominantly on uh, two record labels. I'm not super familiar with Muse and uh, Interplay. Yeah. Muse, I know, I don't know Interplay. Career after that, Muse is it's got like the harp is the harp their logo there. It's something like like some cool some instrument. But I have a bunch of Muse was doing some cool stuff in the 70s too. Yeah, the harp is yeah the harp yeah, is their logo. logo. Muse yeah. based out like of New York City. Blues yes. stuff too, I think some yeah. like electric blues. Yeah, they were doing cool stuff. Yeah, let's hear it, Walter Bishop Jr. Walter Bishop Jr., his cover of Sonny Rollins' Freedom Suite, uh, which he was also featured, if I'm remembering correctly, on the original Freedom Suite song by Sonny Rollins. So uh, here we go. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Walter Bishop Jr., uh, Freedom Suite, Way hot out of the gate, hot out of the gate. Um, I also love folks who aren't following. I love, Rob, I know you hate when technology and equipment doesn't work, so I can see the sheer anguish and just frustration. Seething like, right now. I know, and I can tell. I, can, like, I know you well enough that like, you're holding it in well, brother. Keep it in. You're doing well. You're at the lounge. <laughs> Have a drink. The lounge is supposed to be where your worries are all carried away. 
and I can sense your frustration. There you go. Put that back. It's been a fun night. Put a shout to your throat. Um, but we're good. <laughs> I get, I get, I get the new, the new, the new, uh, the new computer. It's letting me down. If I'm being honest, I don't know. You'll Take figure it back. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Um, we'll get there. Grown no, that's awesome. Um, J Mac, that's a cool topic. Black jazz, everyone dive deep into their catalog. Rob mentioned there's a Spotify playlist that covers it. If you want an intro, Justin mentioned it earlier, uh, Giles Peterson, if you just on his, there's a band camp, you can find Giles Peterson has 10 or 11 tracks of just some, some hits. It's uh, on, that's on Spotify as well. Or on, on, uh, on Apple Park, uh, yeah, Apple music, Apple as well. music, DJ, Black jazz radio. Yeah. Black jazz radio. I think like Justin mentioned, um, they are being reissued. So I think on any streaming platforms, um, you can find some of these also they're they're you know if you search youtube but it is a really cool catalog for any jazz lovers out there that are looking for um looking for something unique and special so um yeah and there's of course there's people we didn't touch um uh want to make sure you, one of the, the the female artists on the uh, is kelly p uh is it patterson kelly patterson's really remarkable patterson. we didn't touch on uh, cleveland eaton um who's remarkable um and and of course there's a there's a there's a few more but um yeah definitely cool justin i'm gonna close this out guys for this first round um we'll be right back after a short commercial break from no one we're not sponsored um oh do we we didn't do we didn't do our third picks just what what was your recommendations what was what's your what was your rec my rec was the uh because it's gonna be the awakening oh yeah okay yeah is that mirage is name of the what's which yes mirage is the name of the album yeah yes mine was another henry franklin to be honest it was uh (laughs) it was it was was the one it's um god i can't remember it um it's like the first track on the second side of uh skipper Uh, i was gonna do beauty in the electric tub is really cool or plastic cool yeah plastic creek stomp is cool that one's dope plastic creek stomp was on my possibles list yeah that's a good one there's a bunch of Doug Karn I was going to go into just yeah, out of respect Reve- for Gene. Revelation is dope. That I album. Have that one. Yep. Some, there's some more Coltrane covers on there as well. Um, yeah. And then Revelation, the song, Gene Karn covers on that kind of 80s disco oh, yeah, the LP one you that I picked up. up in the $2 bin in Philly. Yeah. Um, which is, it's cool. It's a cool, um, so. Yeah. I obviously didn't play Calvin Keys, but I want to reemphasize the importance of listening to those two albums. Um, Proceed to Caution and Shawnique, which is the first one. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't think you can go wrong. I think you could pick up any black jazz album, mm-hmm. right? Which is pretty remarkable. Agree. Like, I think, you know, you could if you see one, pick it up and try it, and you're going to most likely like it. Um, and if you hate it, contact us, and we'll buy it off of you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> for a very at, low at a, price at a, dis, at a discounted price <laughs> at a discount. you think it's exactly. trash exactly <laughs> and you're trash so we're not paying you anything <laughs> and we'll punch you in the face because you deserve it um all right boys yeah let's close this up i'm gonna go to the bathroom um and then let's uh hit it up on the other side Bing, bang, boom. all right lounge patrons we're back you've used the facilities you've gotten a beer you've texted your significant other and told them you're coming home late you got things to do with the lounge. You're gonna be a minute, but uh, love you. But I'm gonna be a minute. Or you said, or you said, I just ordered my last beer. I'll be home soon. <laughs> yeah, just just one more. I'll be right back. <laughs> Heading out the door now. Just saying my goodbyes. Um, 
Famous last words. That's where we're at. The last call. Um, that's where we're at. Um, hope you all enjoyed that first round where uh, the three fellas missing psychedelic bones, of course, deeply. We went into uh, black jazz. So hope you uh, marked down some tracks and you're ready to uh, dive deeper into that. But anyways, we're now at the last call. Our famous or infamous, however you want to see it, uh, segment about new music, the last five, six, seven months or so, or upcoming releases that we're into and want to share. We then criticize and discuss them based on how we drink our beer. We pound it if we love it. We sip it if we think it's, it's cool. Uh, we no sip if we're not into it. Again, we're not music critics. doesn't really matter what we do, um, but we like to have Neither a little bit of fun. Neither are critics. Exactly. What is criticism anyways? Exactly. Criticism is drinking your beer. Uh, and that's like the way we like to look at it. So uh, anyways, we're going to get into that. We're going to have three rounds of that this time of our last call segment. Um, but before we get into that, it's important to know what we're drinking, what we're putting on the line. Like we saw last week, Psychedelic Bones is putting that high IBV, ABV. Um, he's a dangerous man, ladies and gentlemen. He's a dangerous man, lives a dangerous life. Um, not sure we'll ever live up to his glory. But um, Rob, what are you starting with? Uh, I'm continuing on with the, uh, my David Duchovny's. Oh, you got another one? Bringing him into segment two. Uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a four pack, you know. They're right here. There you go. They're delicious, nutritious, and uh, taste good when I'm shooting them down my throat. <laughs> there you go. So good. Glad you enjoyed it. There you go. Uh, J-Mac, what are you putting up for the last call? Yeah, I'm having probably my, the, my favorite um, brewery for can labels. They have the Ooh. best can designs. Um, so I'm having three Floyds ah. out of uh, Indiana. Okay. Um, and this is, I've seen this a couple places lately. Um, it's an IPA, but they call it a Indiana Pell-El. Mm. Um, so I've seen some labeling, some regionalism developing in the beer scene with some labeling of Midwest IPAs. Oh boy. I saw that when I was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. What does that mean? I guess nothing. it's like a, no, exactly. nothing, but in some ways, you know, some people do the like a mix of like a classic hop with like a New Zealand hop, which is it, mm. which it, makes it not so East Coast, not so West Coast. But I don't know if that's what they're doing, but it's mm. tasty. This is um, Laser Snake. Look at that can design. That, <laughs> that is so great. Long. I'll have to snap it. It's amazing. Send me a picture of that. I'm going to have to show the, show, the, show the people on the gram. That's a good you know, one. What's an interesting oh. part about Midwest beers in general is 12-ounce cans are still a thing. You don't see them any place. That's what I was about to say. Three, four, three Floyds just Love. now doing 16 ounces. Dude, I went to, when I was in Chicago, you, like Mars, all these like big New England IPA companies were giving you like triple IPAs in 12-ounce cans. And I was like, in a six-pack. Like, hmm. well, I mean, it's kind of the same amount of liquid, but I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love the 12 ouncer in the Midwest. Love the 12 ouncer. There you go. Well, uh, speaking of that, uh, keeping it local also with the beer I featured before. Uh, oh, yep. Love City, Philadelphia brewery. Uh, husband and wife brewery, I believe. Um, can design is also pretty cool. I've mentioned it before. It's done by Tired Hands, which is a, one of the best tattoo shops in uh, Philadelphia out of an old church in Fishtown. But this is the Unity IPA. I actually picked up a case of this, Justin, when you came down and got a couple lingering in there. Yeah. So I'm uh, 
putting them uh, putting them down the hatch. So this is the Unity IPA, a bright, citrusy, and balanced IPA. Love City, sponsor us. Um, cool. All right, fellas, here we go. So uh, we're in the last call. Is there? Uh, and I'll kick it off. I'm gonna kick it off. I always ask. All right. Yeah, I'll kick it off because I'm a. I knew we were talking jazz. Yeah, I'm a crazy man. Um, I knew we were talking jazz, so I knew we were gonna be hearing lots of stuff jazz related, and so. Uh, not, I'm not to say that I'm going to go a different direction than jazz. Um, part of me wanted to play something from, I think, a prominent jazz experimental label that I'm really into just to highlight it, but I'm not uh, going to. Um, anyways, a lot That's of thoughts, a go- lot of thoughts going out. on in my mind. You know, thoughts are always so, going so on. So why did mind. you tell us any of that? <laughs> you know, this is preamble. It's just to get the thought process. It's important to know what we're all going through each week. There's a lot of anxiety that can go into the last call, you know? And so I want you to know what's been going on in my mind. Um, but I'm going to go with something. It's an upcoming single, which I say in the preamble to the last call. It's either an album from the last five, six months or an upcoming release. So I'm going to go into that second category of one track released from, from this album. Um, and I'll tell you, I've been really digging this track. It's like this, I, I want to just let the track fee speak for itself, partly because it's by someone um, that I'm a fan of, which is Phil Cook. And so Phil Cook is a um, guitar player. I've learned about him from, from, he plays guitar for His Golden Messenger. I uh, had two albums out most recently that I really enjoyed, more like gospel blues. He does uh, a really cool radio show called The Spiritual Hotline, where it's very much like gospel and he's kind of in, in that world. And uh, this song caught me off guard when I heard it. And uh, that's all I'm really going to say about it, because it caught me off guard, but I believe it's, it's just like really, it's kind of quiet, it's contemplative. Um, and I've just been finding myself coming back to <laughs> it as I've shared before, I'm an educator. I got two kids. Like sometimes I just want like really like delicate, tender songs. Um, and this one to me is that. So I'm going to let the song speak for itself. Um, this is Phil Cook off his upcoming album, which on the back end, I'll, I'll give the date for you because I can't recall it off the top of my head. But the, it's the first song that he released. Uh, it's November 19th. Uh, if you want to mark it uh, and it's on his, his own uh, self-released album called the, the psychic hotline uh, and the song's called queen of branches. And so I'm going to let us dive into this and I don't know, you guys might hate it, but I don't care. I've been really into it. Queen and Branches by Phil Cook. Off his Thank upcoming you, Daniel album. Fox. Phil, directed by Daniel Fox. I had not seen the video, but all these uh, it's an album called All These Years out November 19th. So anyone that's familiar with Phil Cook will know that sounds nothing like anything he's done. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I blast it really loud in my car on the way home uh, often. And it's just something to me, just like, 
beautiful and it's kind of tenderness and gentleness and something about his playing and the the, the tone is, is is great to me so uh anyways that that's a, that's a track that i'm i'm really into so um yeah rob go ahead uh oh okay a pound wasn't sure again yeah i wasn't sure what did you think about no. it yeah um i really really like music like that a lot yeah uh uh jeff i mean and justin too sort of like i'm a huge fan of like cigarettes needles from that more sort of like delicate stuff uh and i've shot away from playing some of that on here just because like because of the nature of like what we're doing so yeah one that was a really really cool track and two i was like oh cool we're going there now i'm in <laughs> so you've kind of really like opened the All door right. yeah for that type of stuff which i was also like into so um I'll definitely check out more of that. It was great. It was awesome. And I don't know, Rob, to be honest, like if I don't know how much you know about Phil Cook, if you heard his last two albums, you'd, it sounds nothing like that. Like it's really kind of like this big, like kind of like down home, like kind of like, yeah, like country, country yeah, yeah, yeah. sort like of like gospel, like, like front awesome. porchy type. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like big blues, he, he rips on guitar. He plays harmonica. Mm-hmm. He plays piano. Um, and when I heard that track, I was just like, I was expecting more of that. And I heard that yeah. and was like, whoa. And then something about just like, you know, for me, music is also very contextual at the place of it. And there's just so much beauty in it. And he's a great piano player and just felt really, I don't know. I don't know. Something about it. I don't even have the words for it, but I've listened to it over and over and over. Yeah, it's like deep. very cathartic. It just like feels yeah, good. Yeah, it is. It's just over it's and like over. It's like sad, but also not sad at the same time. Exactly. And that's what got me, right? Like, it's like, it like exactly how like I feel, right? Like I, you know, for yeah. people, like I'm in a school that there's a lot of gun violence that's recently happening. And it's like, but there's also so much positivity as well in, in the community and at the school. And it's like this crazy conflict and battle that i'm always in and that song like had that for me like this sadness but also like this beauty at the same time so um yeah uh j mac uh, i think he wants to no sip it folks i don't want to no sip it this it's fine if you do remember there's no 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 no, 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 no. don't do that to me okay. I, I don't i know i don't want to no sip it. <laughs> don't do that to me <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell justin what he can and cannot say i know i know but i just you know oh a pound too caveat yes let's hear it i am pounding it because i'm definitely gonna go back and listen to it because i saw that he came out with it and i was gonna listen to anyways i had not got to it so i want to listen again because i was really taken aback because i was not expecting that same i was waiting for all of a sudden to him to start singing or something his soulful voice yep it didn't happen so i'm i pounded it also to we mentioned him and I got to, so I'm going to bring it in two bold moves. So if I'm, I'm interested in hearing the rest of this album, also hiss, I got to say bold move for putting a Christmas song on a recent, on like an album that you released last week. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. So I want to know more of the context, but so I'm going to listen to the song again, because for all the reasons we named it, it took me aback because I was not ready for it. Um, so I'm going to listen again just on the sheer shock factor that it right. had for me, but I'm not pounding it because I'm like, th- I thought that song was fair. badass. I'm going to crank it up tomorrow, fair. but I'm, I'm intrigued. Fair. Um, yeah. That's a fair way to but, look at it. Yeah. Which is also interesting. Phil has put out before his last two records, which is her more, his more, he's put out very, he put out instrumental stuff still more kind of like, um, 
I don't know, more guitar heavy, kind of like um, John Fahey yeah. type stuff uh, early on. And then he puts out his last two, which are more kind of commercial sounding. Um, but I don't know the tenor of the rest of that album. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to sound all like that. It, I think it's a bold move for him to put that first track out. So I'm not sure if he sings on it. I really don't know. Um, I haven't dug into it too much, but um, yeah. Then the Hiss album we'll get back to. I, I, I bought it um, because I'm, I love Hiss, but it's tough to listen to right now because he, he says that out loud. He says, and now we're only talking about Hiss because Phil played in Hiss. He doesn't play on the most recent album, but um, Justin, you mentioned, it. I feel like we can talk about it or maybe we talk about it at a later date. Either way though, he, he calls it a, a seasonal album. Um, which I kind of wish mm. he put out. If he put it out like November 15th, November 20th, there's something to me I listen to it now that I, I, I have to pause on it because uh, he's got a couple uh, Christmas songs on there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I digress. Um, cool. I'm glad you guys liked it. I'm, I'm intrigued as well. I think that's a great way to say it, Justin. I'm intrigued. And also, I do want to say I pound that song for its beauty. Um, and uh, I'll also say the video... I wish I'd have heard it without the video. That's one of those things. Yeah, I've never I like seen the video. It's a big cheese ball video, though. Like, yeah, um, folks at home, it's just, it's like it's just like a nature documentary. It's like, yeah, it's like eagles. And I, yeah, I nature love nature. No, me too. But yeah, I'd rather be in it than watching it on a screen. Um, cool. <laughs> Justin right. loves nature so much. Check it out the uh, Campbell House. On Campbell Instagram. Mountain House. Campbell, Campbell Mountain House on Instagram. Check <laughs> yeah, out his check version out. of nature. Check yeah. it out. Check it out now. Um, cool. All right. Uh, who's up? I'll go next. Yeah, Rob. I'm. I don't want to follow that song. <laughs> Take it away. All right. Um, carrying much on the theme of Jeff, uh, in the sense that I have a single from a forthcoming record, Ooh. which I'm very excited about. Uh, I picked the track from Bonobo, oh. which for those who Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just, I'm, I'm saying yes. I'm excited as well for this album. So a Bonobo might be one of my favorite artists. Uh, and one of the most like consistent, uh, sort of, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, electronic, like IDM artists out there. Uh, I think he consistently maintains who he is, but also like pushes the boat out in certain directions and stuff. And he's one of those dudes, like a, like a fortet or something like that. They can put out an instrumental record and tour with a band, but also like go DJ in a club. And like, yeah. he's sort of like cultivated this career for himself. That's like super interesting and also really compelling and do all these sorts of things. Um, so I think he puts out really good music. Uh, he's put out two singles so far. Mm -hmm. uh for his forthcoming record called let me do fragments, fragments coming out in in early january of next year um and the first single is kind of like your more typical dance four on the floor sort of thing uh, he just put out a single with jamila woods uh spoken Love word her. artist and singer yeah. from chicago yeah. uh yeah. uh mentioned on the podcast a couple of times previously Yep. Um, and uh, this is the track. I think it's dope. I think it's really cool. It's like your classic sort of like mid-tempo hip-hop from Bonobo where he sort of oscillates from sort of like dance stuff to like this sort of like cool down-tempo hip-hop stuff. Yeah, so good. Did you ever watch so, the um, KCRW 
If you haven't, you should. Oh, like, so good. Like a one million oh, times. Oh, it's so. I think I think last year before we started recording, I'm gonna play the track from that because that that song "Break Apart" that features that singer Rye, one of the most beautiful yeah. songs. Yeah. Oh yeah, we watched that video. Yeah. I think, like, uh, when I first started doing or whatever, not to mention whatever, but like "Fish in the Sky," like I was watching his videos, like taking notes yeah. on like what he was using and how he was using it and how he was doing it. Yeah. Uh, very much like an uh, an architect of like how I ended up making music towards the end of like making music was like based on what Bonobo did, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause it's no, like some chase alive, but not like he's just, he cracked the code a little bit. Yeah. It's um, good stuff. Incredibly underrated. So here we go. Agreed. Tides yeah. by Bonobo featuring Jamila Woods. This might be another cheese ball video too. I've only seen the, I've only listened to it. Here we go. Bonobo, albums, fragments. What's the song again, Rob? Tides featuring Jamila Woods. I think she goes by Jamila. Um, Jamila, excuse me. um, Yeah, I'm going to start because boom. Because boom. Oh, yeah, that's a a pound. I uh, I already pre-saved that album because similar to you, Rob, I'm a huge fan of Bonobo. And when I found out that he had an album coming out, I was going to really dig it. And then I heard that track first, which I was like, I love her. Um, her last two albums to me are phenomenal. So that she's featured on it um, is great. And that's a beautiful vibe. Um, yeah, I feel like he's just, he's continuing where he left off for me on his last albums in, in the most beautiful way, right? Like, and then adding those vocalists and things like that just kind of adds a new vibe to it. Um, and just add something like a different element to it. So yeah, a hundred percent. Can't wait. Thank you for playing that song. Appreciate it. Uh, J Mac. Opens a can. A, a, a fresh can. can. What you drinking? Fresh though? canner. Ooh, gotta tell us after. He's putting those up to his lips and he's chugging. He's Ooh. chugging. He's chugging. He's chugging. And he's refreshing. I feel like psychedelic huh? bones would have loved those visuals on that video. He would have. He would have been on it. Yeah, I was, I, was into, I was into that one. I was just swimming in this cosmic <laughs> ether. Yes. No, that, that's, that's great. This kind of stuff I play at entry. That, that may make it to the entry playlist tomorrow Ooh, to school. Uh, oh, is that two weeks in a row? Yeah, yeah. Rob very, makes it on the entry wow. playlist. Very, very vibey. Very vibey. And it's got to be go. about the vibes, you know? Morning I gotta, entry. I got a new goal for this season. I got I to gotta get them in yeah. the entry. I got to get the most in the entry music songs. Morning entry brought to you by Rob Hughes of the Needle and Groove Lounge. Beautiful. Yeah, cool, Rob. No, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Um, this is another Three Floyds. This one's called Zombie Dust. Yes. The, un, the undead Pell-El, but this is Ooh. the cover. This just like... Oh, okay. oh I've <laughs> seen that before. I've actually... Yeah, yeah that's one of their more popular made, ones. That's made it out here a couple of times. Awesome. Um, 
Cool. J-Mac, close us out with the last call tonight. All right, I'm taking a risk. This one's Good real man. risky, we but I, you know, I'm rolling the dice. We should. I don't think – sometimes, Jeff, you and I, we talk about albums, but I don't think we talked about this one at all. Interesting. Um, however, there's, there's people featured on this album who play on this album that we – um, that we all have talked about like so it's not too much of a risk because i know that but um i'm staying in the jazz theme okay. but a little more it's it's different it's not like the stuff that we've listened to but um so i'm going with um i, I when i this album first came out it got some good press and i tried to listen to it but it wasn't the right context and i was like uh, not as into it um and then I restarted listening to it this week and I've been just really into it, listened to it multiple times. And that is, um, I'm, I may say her name wrong, but it's Nala Sainfro, hmm. um, who is a Caribbean, Belgium um, jazz artist. You might have seen this uh, cover, but... Oh, I recognize um, the cover, but no, I haven't heard. Yeah. Um, UK jazz scene. We haven't talked about the UK jazz scene Quite in a, a bit. little bit. Um, um, Nubaya Garcia is plays on this album. Uh, Ezra really? Collective plays on this album. Get out of here. Um, yes, huh. this. Ooh. But this is some this, some uh, Neil and Groove Lounge heavy hitters on this record. Heavy yeah. hitters, yeah. This is her first. Um, this is her debut album. Um, she's multi instrumentalist, uh, but on this one she plays. Um, the harp um oh, it is nice. a very like cosmic atmospheric album yeah um that doesn't always translate on the pod so i'm picking one of the more kind of um tracks you can get into but the, the album is 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 very diverse it's um it got some if you listen to it maybe we'll probably come back to this later but it got some um likings to floating points um the pharaoh sanders album um but 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 it's different it's different it's not like that so i don't want us to think but this is a very headphones album but uh sure here we are it, it's in the whole mm -hmm. album is let me see it's um let me go back to it real quick the name of the album is space 1.8 and there are eight tracks and they're all titled space one space two space three down to space eight um and it's coming in um 44 minutes eight songs when was this, this released was, this came out uh september hmm. uh september 3rd 2021 so it's it's fairly new and sorry what label is it on do you know is there it a... is it is on warp records oh yeah Ooh. Okay. yeah um and actually Damn. um was yeah, featured even... from our sometime um um controversial pitchfork best new music actually um what? but yes yeah, Best new see? music or best new track Is no best new music best new music yeah yeah, hey, yeah. it came see? out in september I, we yeah yeah we didn't talk about this so that i'm glad i'm putting it i'm glad i'm, I'm putting it out here yeah so uh here's I'm, space i missed, I missed this one at nala Seinfro um from space 1.8 <laughs>
Nyla Sinfro. Song is Space Six off the album Space One Point Eight, recently released in September. Yes. Rob, go ahead. Search for that dovetail. He's dovin' it. He's dovin' it. He's dovin' it and he's loving it. Oh, he's going to number two. He's going. He's going on the stretch. It looked like it was a pound and a half. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Uh, I'm such a uh, I'm such a sucker for that. Like, um, what are you snacking on? Over, by the way, I got a little popcorn. Ooh. Jelly made a little, wifey boom. made a little popcorn. So boom, I, chick, I boom, chick, boom, boom, yeah. chick, boom, popcorn. No, this is fresh homemade popcorn. Ooh. Ooh. Holler down the jelly right now. Say, send me some. <laughs> send Jeff some of that popcorn. Come on, holler down there. I know she's down One there. Sec. Holler down there. Jelly. Jeff wants you to make. Uh, send him some popcorn. Jeff wants you to send him some popcorn. She says she will. <laughs> Say thanks. <laughs> he says thank you. Um, Folks, to, to dox myself even further, because Jeff has already doxed me enough tonight, uh, I live in a giant loft apartment, so the whole thing is open up. That's, I knew that. Um, I, I knew she was down there. You could holler down quite easily. Um, anyways, yeah, sorry. I'm such a sucker for that three over four, like, dun, 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 dun. It's... Mm. Uh, it's used a lot in like hardcore music and a, a lot of like breakdowns for mm-hmm. like heavier music. Um, and I think to use that, that groove for a whole song was just like super cool and to like expand it and contract it and bring it in and bring it out. And then that middle section where that like fuzz piano thing came in, I was already like going to pound the track and that part came in. I was like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's, yeah. Uh, taking this sort of like kind of the theme of the night, taking this one thing and sort of like mm-hmm. expanding on it and like bringing it here and bringing it there, but it's all kind of like centered around this one thing. It was that was fucking cool. It was yeah. a really cool track. That's it. Yes. Um, I have some questions mm. <laughs> because you mentioned this. Um, and I think this is this is a flaw, folks, with our program, right? Is that we're playing singular tracks where oftentimes albums are meant to be heard as a whole, right? Um, and so I don't want to. I'm not trying to show my hand again here of what I'm going to do, but I have some questions. Of the other seven tracks, how does that fit into the overall schema of the album? Would you say Ooh, is that's Jeff typical? is getting to the real meat of the situation. I think, I think it's important for us to actually start talking about this. Rob, to your point too, is I think oftentimes when I think about, about our pod um, and I'll get, I'll get, I'm getting meta here a little bit for our listeners is I think about a singular track and like, Oh, what's going to wow the boys, but an album is an album. And I think as fans of music, we often listen to albums and not just songs. And oh, so very I want, much so like, right. And so I want to get to yeah. a space where we're saying, I'm going to share a song but I also want to tell you about the album, how this song fits into the album. I don't want you guys just to share songs because we think like, oh, they're going to love this one song and I can't choose this other song because it's, it doesn't represent the album. I want you to choose yeah. what we're really into. So can you tell me a little bit more about the album? Yeah, so although I said is the most, there are other songs that would be translatable here, um, but I think given what, 
Rob said about the the uh, bringing it in and out. Um, the album does that as a as a an entire entity. Like there's moments of this kind of cosmic atmospheric but there's moments of like traditional bop jazz kind of feel to it so there's an ebb and flow um to the album itself which is why i think it's um why this idea of like space 1.8 and space one through eight works as a as a as an idea but it's different from say like um where where floating points is right. kind of the same thing. It's just, it's like a larger or, you know, it's jazz, but it's a larger like orchestral piece um, that has different movements through it, but still kind of stays within the same theme. This, this both goes um, in and out um, and kind of takes you on a journey throughout the whole album. All right. That's all the questions I have. Not just Jeff, Jeff, uh, excuse me, Jeff. That's a good point. Like, because for me, wait, wait, wait a second. Let me let me do my drink, okay? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry, I thought we were pontificating. Still, you can pontificate, but just pontificate in one second. All right, let me do what I'm gonna do. All right. Hopefully, it's more than one second. Eat your homemade popcorn. Dope. Eat your homemade popcorn and let me do my drink. You just I, mad because you don't have homemade popcorn? I I do have a pretzel bag here. So for listeners, oh, Jesus Christ! For oh, listeners of last season, oh, I could I could do anything don't. right now. I could do anything. I could pour my beer oh. into this bag <laughs> and say I'll never listen to this album, but I'm not gonna do it, folks. Yeah, I'm pounding it to that one. Um, and the reason I did ask those questions, and Rob, I think I want to hear hear you out too. But I, I, it was such a cool track, such a cool track. However, and I know it's an album that I'm gonna check out. <laughs> and for for the people listening at home, Justin is still sharing the screen. Uh, and he's put in. Oh, I thought you just put in Space Jam, but no, oh, no. <laughs> in Space Jam. We can watch that in just a minute. Yeah, and I'm also. I also, you know, and I don't mean this. Like I, I am. I, I pride myself on like I, I spend a lot of time researching, and I hadn't heard this. So I think also to me, it's like the like wow factor. Like shit, like I missed that. Um, and I love that. And that's part of the reason I want to do this pod is we're all busy people that lead lives in many different ways who are still lovers of music. But um, to keep up with the constant flow of music is also challenging. So the fact that like, yes, I follow Nubai Garcia, uh, as much as I hate Pitchfork, I'm in a routine of checking it fairly pretty much every day. And I did, I missed, I missed that. Not it's, that a good, I, it's a good article too. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm going to pound it. His track was awesome. And the, and the fact that you said, if it was floating points, to be honest, like more of just like that, I love that album. I have it. I bought it upstairs. I love it. But I'm not in that headspace right now, or I need to be in the headspace. And if that has a little more of like traditional, for lack of a better term, but like more groove and jazz, like you said, definitely I'm checking it out tomorrow, 100%. Um, so that's where I'm going. But Rob, go ahead. I, I cut you off earlier. Um, oh, no. I was, it was not really a particularly uh intelligent point but i was gonna say like we talk about songs a lot especially for this segment and stuff um but i can only speak for myself and i think jeff maybe justin you're two in the same boat it's like if i'm getting into a car and i can't session a record i almost like in some certain points i won't listen to that record because like to me a record is meant to be listened to as a whole yes so like if i'm not like I choose the record I'm going to listen to to a certain extent. So this is not like writ, but like uh, if I can listen to the whole record, I'll put that record on. Oh, 
depending on you know. No, hundred percent. I, I, I never, I, I never yeah. just really put like, oh, maybe sometimes like oh, I want to hear this one song, but normally it's like I'm listening to this record. Like I'm yeah, listening to I'm the like whole going, thing. If, if I'm, I'm taking like the dog for a walk, yeah. If I'm taking the dog for a walk, I'm going to Henry. Like I'll listen to a record that I know I can finish in oh, that yeah. walk. Yeah, no, that's my that's that's same with me. I'll say when you when you listen to it, don't. The the first song is probably the slowest song sure. out of yeah. all of them. Let me let me. This is and song slow two. is good. Yeah. Let me give you. Oh, a that's bit. not that, that's fine. I mean, especially in the context too. Like exactly. Can you hear that? Yes. So you get a little bit of that, and then he gets oh, yeah. this. Yep. Yep. I'm convinced. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's cool. That's Can't... cool. Yeah. I also need to say. We just finished up the last call, boys. Um, that was all around pounds. There was only pounds tonight, um, which is good. Which is good. I also, uh, you know, appreciate that. Um, or is it a sign that we just know each other too well? No, I didn't. It was, I, I, I knew that tracks. we hadn't talked about that album, so that's yeah, one of the reasons just... I chose it. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna put some them I have not talked to you about. We didn't talk about the Phil Cook. I haven't. I don't. I don't know Bonobo. I was um, gonna say I thought that Bonobos was. I was. I was a little nervous about that. I thought I was gonna maybe get some sips. I was pretty confident I wasn't gonna get like a no sip, but I was. Let's I also be honest. The psychedelic be bones isn't as, here. Psychedelic bones would have, would have come hard at us. Man's a wild card. He's always a wild. We never know what that guy's into. After that second golden monkey, you never know what that man's. You never know. Say. He could be into. You never know what he's into. And week by he week, he threatened to punch somebody in a video I've watched in the face. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> psychedelic bones but there we go folks that's the last call for this the new music segment pound sip no sip all around pound for this night at the lounge so head up into those tracks um and we're closing out so we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys on the other side Boom. thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the needle and groove lounge Next week, all the boys are back together, and we have a special guest. That's right, we're going back to the style of March Madness, where we had a guest on the show. They chose a genre, and the boys need to pick a song that they feel best represents that genre. The guest then chooses a winner. We've got our friend Jake on next week. He chose 1960s, 70s experimental music. And then after that, we continue with The Last Call, so there'll be new tracks, for you to hear and get the opinions from the fellas. Thanks again for listening.